Bookcase and Coffee presents Buzzing About Romance, a quick shot of romance. Hey everyone, hello and welcome to Buzzing About Romance podcast. I am Becky. And I am Leah. And on this episode of A Quick Shot of Romance, we are reviewing one of my all-time favorite authors, Julie Garwood. I'm so excited. <laughs> we are reviewing Mercy, which is book two in her Renard Buchanan family series. Um, and I do want to say that this is one of her contemporary offerings. A lot of people know Julie Garwood for her uh, historical romances, but she does have a contemporary romance, romantic suspense, actually. Look, mm-hmm. it's romantic suspense that I recommended. Yes, and it was only book two this time, so I did not have to go like deep diving into the Julie Garwood rabbit hole to get to the book that you're recommending. Um, but you kind of want to go down the rabbit hole now, don't you? I mean, I do, and I will, but I didn't, it was not one of those things where I had to get to book seven before I could read the book that we're talking about. Okay, but true. I digress. Read okay, us the so, synopsis from Goodreads. Number one, New York Times bestselling author, Julie Garwood takes readers from New Orleans, an exclusive garden district to the backwoods of Louisiana's mister, mysterious bayou country in an unforgettable novel of passion and suspense that cuts straight to the heart. When esteemed Justice Department attorney Theo Buchanan is struck ill at a New Orleans gala, Dr. Michelle Renard works fast to save his life. Soon, Theo finds himself in a race to save her when Michelle is targeted by a deadly crime ring. They call themselves the Sewing Club, a devious foursome driven by greed to accumulate millions in a secret bank account. Now they're dead set on silencing Michelle, who might know the secret behind the killing of one of their wives. Dodging a world-class hitman in a band of cunning criminals, Michelle and Theo walk a narrow path between passion and survival. So release date on this is September 11th, 2001. Oh, I didn't realize it was September 11th. Okay, but we should also say, though, this book is like 21 years old. 2001. It's 2022. It could drink. Yeah, this book can drink. Um, So tropes in this book are small town, romantic suspense. It's a family series. Mm-hmm. First responders, um, medical, and a second chance at love because Theo has a backstory. Yes, he does. Um, uh, currently, book one and book two of the series are in KU. So if you do want to read them, you can read in them KU. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these are traditionally published. So this is an anomaly that we're all still trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that works, but whatever. Whatever. Um <laughs> It is a little bit of a slower burn, put out percentage 62%, but it makes sense with all the things going on in this story. Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, let's talk about the, let's just talk about Michelle first because, or Mike, they call her Mike. Mm -hmm. Um, Her family is like a character all on their own. I love her family. Like her dad is this larger than life. Big daddy Jake. Big daddy Jake who like but the thing that i like about him the most is michelle is like this like shining star in his eye like he understands her in a way that most people would not do with a little girl who doesn't have a mother figure like yes he 
has encouraged her to to be this tomboy-esque type thing but he also like it allows her to to have those girly moments because when we first meet michelle and her dad he's like talking about how talented she is at like belaying a fish and, yeah, like, like he's talking about her knife skills at like five years old, right. like her knife skills and like how cleanly she cuts this fish and like debones it and stuff. And like, these are the things that she's going to be good at. Well, and so Michelle's backstory is a little that Michelle is um, her. She's the youngest of three children. She has two older brothers who will get to them. Um, mm-hmm. But in the midst of her delivery, they live in the bayou out in the backwoods of Louisiana <laughs> And in the midst of her um, delivery, her mother had an aneurysm and had a stroke and has been comatose and only recently has passed. Uh, Mm -hmm. Big Daddy Jake um, had her in a facility and he would take Michelle every Sunday to go visit her so she could talk to her mama. Mm -hmm. And um, so he is not dumb by any chance, but he lives simply And he kind of just lets kids be kids. And, you know, the local police said, hey, she needs to go to school. So he makes sure she goes to school now. He wasn't always so great. He'd take her fishing and Mm -hmm. do all sorts of, you know, just living things with her. Um, That's the thing. Like, he lived with, like, by doing things. Like, it wasn't, like, the education aspect wasn't important. But he wanted his kids to to do things and learn from their environment, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, Michelle is a very stereotypical Garwood girl um, through and through. She has a kind heart, a sharp mind, and a scrapper. Um, though that is typical of a heroine in a Garwood, in a Julie Garwood book. So um, she is very quintessential Garwood. So let's talk about Theo and a little okay. bit of their meet cute their me cute was not pleasant it was not cute it was not so um they meet when theo is having a appendix attack and he proceeds to puke all over her because he and her 400 some- new dress that she bought mm-hmm. for this fancy gala so then she proceeds to perform an appendectomy on him because she's a surgeon and that's what she does that scene in the surgical war like in the operating room was so uh-huh. funny when he was in and out of pain meds and uh-huh was so funny so very funny um but theo himself so theo's history is he's a lawyer for the justice department he comes from a long line of family members that serve so mm-hmm. his father is a federal judge he has brothers who are police officers and who are fbi officers um And so their family is a family that serves. And one of the Mm -hmm. things Theo was working on for the Justice Department is he was handling a huge trial of a RICO case. And he won it. And he was in New Orleans to receive an award. And give a speech, too. Yeah. And give a speech because of this task force that he helped head up that was successful and got all these mafia people off the streets. Mm Mm-hmm. But then he proceeded to have an appendicitis attack. Um, Theo does come into this story with some baggage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as a, he's a widower, 
and has been for about four years. And they talk about it like early on, like in the book, like that's, they don't talk about the situation with it, but just that he is one. Um, so he, yeah, he comes into it kind of not sure where he wants to go with his life. And he's a certified workaholic, but he understands that maybe he needs a change, which yeah. is part of his motivation for going down to the bayou. So Mike performs a surgery. She's actually leaving New Orleans to go home to start a practice in her small town that she grew up in. And Theo decides that he wants to thank her. He's also slightly attracted to her and Mm -hmm. um, decides that he wants to go and visit her in her small town and kind of get to know her. And also he needs a break. Well, and also go fishing with her dad because he met his, her dad in the hospital and big daddy Jake was like, come down and, and fish with me. Like you seem like a guy who would do well fishing. So as soon as Theo enters the town, um, the locals think that he's the new football coach. Mm-hmm. All the high school <laughs> boys think he's the new football coach. At this time, big daddy Jake owns the Swan, which is the local bar Mm-hmm. And um, the kids and the cheerleaders gather outside the bar because they want to meet the coach. Because he not helped a kid. Inside. Yeah, he helped a kid at the grocery store parking lot, or a kid helped him, and now they're mm-hmm. all convinced he's the new football coach. Yeah, it's so funny. And he's like, "I'm not," but they nobody believes him, and they're no. just like, "Hey, coach!" Like they start calling him coach and just assume he's the coach. Like. They basically make him the coach without him realizing it. Right. Well, and um, they're, and I talked about a little bit, the Buchanan family, they, they're people of service, but they do have this sense of duty and that protective nature comes out in Theo when he's dealing with um, Michelle, Mike, because mm-hmm. when he comes to town, her clinic before it's even opened has been trashed. And so he's like, all his hackles are up and like, why is this happening? What is going on? What are they looking for? And he mm-hmm. um, needs to investigate what's going on. So let's talk a little bit about the boys, uh, Mike's brothers. Yeah. Well, we we don't meet one because one lives in like Denver or something like that. Mm-hmm. So you hear about him, but you don't actually meet him. But you do meet the other one. And he is a hoot because... You don't know a lot of his backstory yet. He is book three. So I'm excited to delve into that. But so he has kind of a, he doesn't like authority figures or men of the law. He doesn't like government. He's, no, and you're he not sure if he works. You're not sure if he works for the CIA or, or cartels. He's just, like, you're not sure. Or if he's just like a crazy like prepper or something like that because yeah. he doesn't have a cell phone. Like Mike talks about how like he just kind of shows up when they need him and he just he knows when it's time to show yeah. up. But so you don't really know what you're gonna get with him, but I'm excited to find out. Yeah, you do not know. Um and the one of the things that there's some really funny, laughable moments in this story. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the local alligator. Lois. Lois, who there's a little boy who is talking to Theo about Lois and that he's scared of her and she keeps stealing mm-hmm. his ball. And, and and he wants Theo to shoot Lois. Yeah, he keeps asking but, Theo but if he has a gun. nobody has told Lois 
nobody has told Theo that Lois is an alligator. Right. So he's like a little confused, which is really funny. <laughs> he's a little confused. And Theo does something that is a spoony grand gesture <laughs> mm-hmm. to protect this little boy from Lois. He does. He does some swoony things throughout the book. Though. He really, he really does. Um, another funny thing in this book is the random food showing up at Mike's house. So Big Daddy Jake has arranged it that Theo's going to go ahead and stay in Michelle's guest room for mm-hmm. the two weeks that he's in town. Yes. And on the side, Daddy Jake tells Michelle that um, the locals are going to help her. That they're gonna drop food and put food in a refrigerator for her, um, and he but, promises her they'll leave notes. But she, but she's also to claim that she makes some of it herself, right? Not so all he of talks it, just about like this this gumbo that is being made, and like she's he's like, but tell him that you made it. So she, when the food starts showing up, and she'll ask Theo if there was a note, and he says no. She's like, well, yeah, I made that. <laughs> And like it, one of them is after they've like been together, like, and like she's just getting hours. out of the shower, <laughs> and her fridge is all of a sudden full, and there's gumbo on the stove, and she's like, "Was there a note?" And he's like, "No," and she's like, "Oh, then I made that." And she's just like, "Okay, crazy lady, so funny, so funny." <laughs> It is. There's a lot of little moments that are just really good comedic relief throughout this book. Yeah. But let's talk a little bit about the the sewing club in that whole ordeal. Yes. So there is a romantic suspense element that we haven't even touched on yet. We know that Mike's um, clinic has been trashed, but we're not sure why or how. Well, we kind of do know it. And one of the things that happens in this story, and Julie Garwood writes... You get multiple point of views. Yes. So we get to see. So Catherine, the cousin, is the daughter of like Michelle's mom's brother or something. Like his sister, Michelle's mom's sister. So, okay. So this is her daughter. Yeah. Yes. So Catherine was the cousin and big daddy Jake has kept in touch with Catherine. Like he talked, like would speak with her on the phone and he would go and visit her every once in a while, but she's married. Like her, her mom had married this really rich guy. And so she was like, they weren't part of the family anymore. They moved away and didn't really want anything to do with these Bayou, like backwoods people anymore. But so she, so in the whole thing, Catherine has married this guy who is an ass. He is Mm -hmm. part of the sewing club. And this is a group of four friends that are hiding money, embezzling money away from their wives. Yeah. Or from their families and businesses Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They're not good people. No, not, not at all. And Catherine's husband actually convinces the club to hire a hitman to kill her because she is quote dying. Mm-hmm. And they hire Monk, who is this silent killer, that his signature is he leaves a rose on the pillow. Yeah. And um, it's, I like it. I like it. I think it's just enough. It intertwines <gasps> into the story. It does. And I don't want to give anything away, but there are elements that come out like throughout the story 
from Catherine and um, her husband. I can't think of his name off the top of my head either for some reason, but there are things that come to light that it's like, she was, she was a lot more devious than anybody thought. Yeah. I kind of liked her because of the deviousness. Yes. Yeah. But that's one of those things. Like if we would tell you anything, it would totally give things away. And I don't want you to do like, we don't want to do that because there are elements in this book that like you find out, like you find things out and you're like, I did not see that coming. So there are a lot of surprise and twists and turns to this story. Mm -hmm. And it is not like, it is not one of those that you start reading. You're like, I know exactly who did it. I know exactly what's going to happen. And this is going to be the ending. And oh yeah, they're going to have an HEA. They do get an HEA. Yes, they totally do. But, but there's a moment like towards the end of the book, where we find out something and I was like, oh my gosh, I was not expecting that. And I typically like figure these things out. Like, yeah, I, I had not a clue and I was pleasantly surprised with the way it turned out. <laughs> there's also another subplot story of the mill owners, the local flour mill owners to the small town of the bayou and how they've been mm-hmm. cheating some of the area residents and Theo takes on that along with being the football coach Mm -hmm. so there's lots of investigations happen you're not quite sure who's responsible for what as far as like how it's going to end but it's such a well-written story um and one of the things we haven't talked about before we get to our questions so this book is 20 years old it's 20 plus years old yes it holds up it does because they're there are moments in the book where like you can tell that it is older because they travel and they don't have cell phones. Like they email things. Like at one point, Theo is faxing things to multiple places. So like there are little elements here and there where you notice the difference, but there's not so many references to pop culture, even like from the early 2000s, there's no references to anything that makes it seem like it, it is specifically in this time. Like this could have happened in the eighties really. Like, I mean, they have cell phones, but like, they're not so prevalent, which yeah. it definitely holds up. Like I, I didn't miss those elements of. I don't feel like it. Modern technology. I yeah. I don't think it felt old or dated Mm-mm. like the fax machine, but there are still places that have fax machines than businesses That's that still true. use them. But it was more of a case for like, not everybody has a cell phone. Like a cell phone yeah. is not like a prevalent piece in everybody's thing. Like if they wanted to talk to somebody, like sometimes they had to use a house phone, like a house, right. like every, like the house phones were something they talked about. Prevalently. And they're not, not everybody has a house phone. Yeah. Right. They're not texting and they're waiting for things to come through on the fax machine. There mm-hmm. wasn't the instant piece like you have with email and all that stuff. Um, okay, Leah, let's do our questions. Did you like this book? I did. I had some apprehension about this book because it is older. I wasn't sure about it, but you have yet to steer me wrong. So I did, but I did read it, but I did really enjoy it also. Yeah. I, How about you? I love this book. Theo Buchanan is a top book boyfriend. Um, I love him. I love him because his moments, his swoon is so understated. Mm-hmm. And I just love heals all for him too. I think like, I think so too. He needed that. Cause he was like kind of in a, like a personal funk yeah. because of things that happened, but it wasn't all his fault. No. And you get pieces of Mike and Theo throughout. This is a 10 book series. Book 11 comes out at the end 
of uh, July, I believe, of this year. So she's still actively writing this series. And um, you get little pieces of Theo and Mike throughout the other stories, too. And I love Noah, who we didn't even talk about, which is um, a family friend. And Noah. Claiborne. Oh, yeah. Noah. Noah. He's a man whore, but I love him. His book is great. Um, Who do you think would typically like this book? Um, Fans of slower moving suspense books, small town romances, and somewhat crazy neat cutes. I think if you like any kind of suspense books and are trying and want to dabble a little into romance, I also Mm -hmm. think that this works for that too. It's, and also if you're romance and you're not sure what suspense you're going to like, but you're a fan of like criminal minds or FBI on CBS and stuff like that. This, yes, this would be a this good one for you. This fits into that kind of feel. Um, would you recommend this book? I would. It's a different pace than some of the books that I read, like suspense-wise, but it worked really well, and I didn't miss that quick pacing, um, and I can't wait to to read more in this series. You're welcome. Um <sighs> I do recommend this. I, you know, I know Julie Garwood is an older author and these are a little older books um, and some people are hesitant to check them out. But because of her being a mass published author, these are pretty prevalent and found in Hoopla, Mm -hmm. in libraries. Julie Garwood's going to be in most libraries. So um, there is an accessibility there. And with book one and two being in Kindle Unlimited, you guys should check it, check them out. Yeah, you're not like you're not going to lose anything by giving them a read and book one was very good also so yeah just it's brother's best friend it is brother's (laughs) best friend anyway um thank you for listening everyone until next time happy reading everybody find us on instagram at buzzing about romance or on twitter at buzzing romance if you like the podcast please leave a review If you'd like to support us directly, join the Bookcase and Coffee Patreon and receive exclusive content only available to Patreon members. Check out bookcaseandcoffee.com for our on-the-shelf show notes.